it going, everyone? Joe Gagner here, welcoming you to edition number 43 of Joe vs. the World. My guest today is one of our most popular regulars. It's the DeathValleyDriver.com's own Rob Naylor. Rob, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. A lot better than a couple weeks ago. We're doing all right. Yeah, you were uh, you were set to go to the last set of uh, ROH shows in the United States, but uh, you were in a car accident. How you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I was good at the time. I was just pissed off I couldn't go to the shows, more or less. Uh, I'm all right. My car is dead and all, but it's all right. Yeah. I got a new car now, so I'm happy, and everything's going wonderfully, so I can't complain. And granted, wrestling's small in the grand scheme of things, but th- those are some bad shows to miss. Freaking if you right. Miss I had like shows. a $60 ticket for that one show, so I was pissed. Ooh. I was on the side of the road. I called my friend up. I'm like, yo, look, it ain't going to happen. Then I called my insurance company and all the important stuff, but I had to just make sure that uh, <laughs> everyone knew I was first. going to be MIA for that wonderful show. Oh, man. It sucked, too, because I was ready to go, and like I saw that I usually take to people who are familiar with the Pennsylvania road system, I take 81 to... Uh, someplace toward Lebanon and I guess 81 was closed and like a tanker truck overturned near the Lebanon exit so I was like well someone on one of the boards was like well dude just take 61 so I took 61 and we all saw how that fared but uh Oops. it's all good I didn't know that Schuylkill County was a freaking disaster area otherwise <laughs> shit would have been a lot better but oh well it's all good I'm alive all right. so. that's right and yep. uh you said you had a, a Best of the Lightning Kid comp to talk about. Freaking right. Yeah, it's actually pretty decent. I have not watched all of it, but i got a lot more other stuff to talk about. But he was really underrated. He did a lot of flying when people weren't flying around like he was. And he had the good kicks. And I did rewatch the Wrestle... Not the WrestleMania match, but the Monday Night Raw match with uh, Razor Ramon. Yes. Really good stuff. I mean, I remember then they had the rematch, and I watched it again. The first time in probably a decade. And, like, when he falls off that top rope and hits his head on the concrete, Jesus, I thought it was all over. But, uh, luckily, that match was live, too. But I guess they just figured, well, let's get this back. And they came up with another finish. But it was pretty lucky he didn't, like, you know, die on TV and all. That's true. What's on this tape? Is it uh, just GWF stuff? Oh, or is Jesus. There, like... No, it's not actually none of it. It's just my really? friend. My friend is like a mega WWF super freak, and like he just has every TV they ever did taped, whereas I have like hmm. most of the NWA stuff. I didn't table on a WWF, so this was beautiful. It's like a lot of his early 123 stuff, like the Quebecers feud with Bob Holly, you know, the good stuff. And then yeah. they had like uh, him and Razor and him and DiBiase and. It's pretty good looking back on it. He was always just getting beat up, and he'd have, like, the lucky wins, but I thought uh, that little time period for him was really good. Then he had stuff where he came back from WCW, and he told Bischoff to uh, not stop short. Or, no, he told Hogan not to stop short because Bischoff's nose would be all the way up his ass. And, like, it was really funny stuff, actually. I forgot about most of it. But uh, a lot of those stuff, like, when him and Triple H and everything got back together and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, it was, it was a good comp, definitely. I have not watched it all yet, but uh, I'm going to have to work on that. Have you seen any of his uh, GWS stuff? Oh, yeah, definitely. The Chaz matches. I remember him and Chaz. <laughs> Chaz. And him and uh, Jerry Lynn. And Chaz is hilarious because he's Tug Taylor's son. And Tug Taylor's, like, the manliest, fattest dude ever. And, like, Chaz looks like a reject from a Chippendale unit. So, like, it's pretty interesting to see that someone like Tug Taylor could spawn someone like Chaz. But uh, Tug Taylor was a lot better than Chaz, though. Chaz didn't Chaz. last. I guess he went down to Mexico and worked for Pena, which, you know, draw your own <laughs> conclusions, folks. But uh, I don't know what happened there, but uh, I guess he didn't last too long. So uh, too bad for Chaz. I remember he had a bungee cord match. Yep. Tremendous. Yes, the bungee cord match. Uh, I've never seen someone feign agony of heights better than Chaz. <laughs> so he did have a redeemable quality, but 
Not too many others. I remember that that one match of the kid was good though. I, I shouldn't diss Jazz too much, but you know, I just well, he was no Jerry Lynn and he was no Terry Garvin. No. Yeah, Terry Simmons no, is the guy's name, but whatever. We won't uh, split hairs on that one. Jazz's uh, pants were way too small. That's exactly. all. I re- that's what I really remember. I heard that but... uh, two uh, <laughs> two Midwest wrestlers probably looked up to him named Tyler Black and Merrick Brave, and about yeah. five people will get that joke. But, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, how was the uh, Yokozuna comp you mentioned? That the, was uh... decent. You know, I, I watched all of that, and like I said, as good as the comp was, this dude that made it for me just put this ridiculous SummerSlam rap with Rap and Randy Savage <laughs> and the Men on the Mission posse, and like it was tremendous. I mean, Randy Savage is great. I was just watching a Dutch Mantel shoot interview the other day, and there's this old interview from like ICW, like the old ICW Memphis, you know, sure. group. And they have Randy and his dad, Angelo Poffo, on. And Angelo Poffo's like in this faux robot outfit, and he's talking in <laughs> syllables, and Macho Man is being retarded like Macho Man only can be. He's like, oh, yeah, Macho Man's going to stress Jerry. And then Angelo Poffo goes, he will defeat you, one, two, three. And I'm like, what the freak is this shit? Like, it was really good. I mean, I don't even know when. Like, me, I'd guess 82, 83 if I had to. But oh my gosh, it's ridiculous to watch a Randy Savage promo. To have someone out goofball Randy Savage was really a special thing to, to view. So he was dressed like a robot. I don't even know. He had like neon stuff on. He was some <laughs> bargain basement type atmosphere. It looked like it made Memphis's little uh, TV studio look like Madison Square Garden. It was great. I don't even know. I can't do it justice. Maybe I'll, I'll put it up on YouTube if I can. But it's really funny. So I uh, the recommend old- it. The Outlaw Promotions. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was good stuff. I got to change subjects here. We got to talk about all these deaths. I mean, since I last yeah. talked to you, like three more people bit the dust. Yep. And I feel like a dick, but I, I'm kind of numb to it. Like when Bammer died and Bad News died. Uh, I'm not Bad News, but when Awesome and Bam Bam died. And we're talking two of my favorite wrestlers at different points in my uh, wrestling fan you know, life. Mm-hmm. But like... I was just numb to it, you know? I mean, we'll talk a little about them, about them now, but, like... Sure. It's just getting ridiculous. I mean... Yeah. I mean, I used to get... It'd be a shocking thing where I'd sit back and be bummed and, like, lament the loss of people like Spicoli or Jerry Blackwell or Brian Pillman or Eddie Gilbert. Even, like, when Owen died up to, like, when Eddie Guerrero died. But it's just too much of late. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to go all Phil Mushnick here, but... Some of these dudes just need to drop their pills and needles and think about the rest of their lives as opposed to, like, what push they're getting on TV. But, uh, I mean, I'm kind of a hypocrite because a lot of the wrestlers I like now, I don't know for sure, but they ought, they look like they could be a little bit enhanced, so yeah. who knows. But it's just a, a, a crappy business. I mean, WWF even has a policy, but you watch any one of their TV shows every week and you're bound to see at least two or three neon signs that you think, uh-oh, what's going on there? Yeah, I wonder about I, I, when when Bam Bam passed away. Not surprised at all. Um, just the way Awesome passed away, I guess. Although maybe he had all a lot of concussions, had problems from that. Yeah, I mean Bam Bam. I remember an interview he did where he was making fun of all the druggers, and he was talking about how he would never get himself in the place where Scott Hall was, and how he mm. had a family, and how he just wasn't into that anymore. And he made fun of LT and said how LT was like, did that match at Mania for drug money? And it was just so weird that someone like him could have fallen so hard. I mean, obviously, he had a lot of injuries. And he Mm. did. I mean, it's sad because I was a huge mark for him taking all those ridiculous bumps, like a superplex from Barry Windham and all that stuff from ECW. But now, I got to wonder if all that just didn't contribute to 
his pain pill addiction and all that other stuff. So it kind of sucks because I remember 1990 when I was like only 12. Like Bigelow was like my hero because I used to watch like Pro Wrestling This Week when they'd have like him, like they'd show clips from him from Memphis and like when him and Lawler broke Tommy Rich's balls on the ring post, like that was really funny. <laughs> and then like they had him like press slamming a referee because they couldn't show like WWF footage, but he was going to WWF. So like, well, we'll show them, and they just showed all this Memphis stuff. And I was like, whoa, look at this guy! He like breaks people's balls and press slams referees, and he has a tattoo. And I was just a huge mark. So. Then when he got to wrestle, not WrestleMania, but WWF, and they had that match with, uh, I guess it was him and Hogan and Andre and Bundy and One Man Gang and all the fat wrestlers, and like he, like yeah. he beat all the other fat guys, but then Andre like sat on him and stuff and won, <laughs> so he didn't win against the fattest guy, but it was still cool because uh, to me that made him a star even though he lost. But like, I, I remember his uh, his first when he first showed up with that angle like who's going to manage him? Yeah, the, the battle for Bam Bam. That was good. yeah, and all the managers were arguing. Jimmy Hart's like, Mister Fuji, you you know you don't know what's going on. Yep. I got footage of this guy, and uh, then it was uh, Sir Oliver Humperdinck. Sir Oliver Bam, Humperdinck, beat, uh, yeah, I know. Beat, uh, Nikolai good. Volkov in his first match. He did a cartwheel. I was like, holy shit, Whoa, this guy's crazy. Yeah, that's right, that's right. I do remember that, and I remember he had a match with Sika, and Sika came out with this weird thing that. Ventura called uh, a Samoan fly slaughter, and I don't really know if that's what it was, but it was like this weird stick with a bunch of tassels on it. It was totally ridiculous. And like he attacked Bigelow before the match with it, and Ventura goes, ooh, Bigelow wants to have a fly on his back. McMahon, I'm cracking up. I mean, that was one of the best uh, one-lines I ever heard from Jesse. But yeah, then, then Bigelow came after he left WWF, and then he went to WCW for a forgettable run with like Captain Mike Rotundo and like... Uh, Abdullah the Butcher, the Boogeyman, and Norman the Lunatic. And he left there, and he came to Shemokin, Pennsylvania, God's country, for like a cage match with uh, with Abby, which I actually referenced once on here as the night of the cage matches. And uh, he was there, and after the show, I was like a huge fan of his, even at 12. And I'm like, bam, bam, can I carry your suitcase? He's like, yeah, okay, kid. So this big hulking monster gives me this suitcase, which I thought was going to be like a pound, and like it's like 15 pounds. And I'm like, oh, God, it's killing me. So I go out to the parking lot with Bigelow, and like, thanks a lot, kid, you know, and he's like, can I sign that program? I'm like, yeah, sure, bam, bam, and then I give him the program, and he signed his name and everything, and, you know, hey, stay tough, man, or something, and he hands it back to me. I still have the program, so that's kind of cool, but, you wow. know, ever since then, I was a huge fan of Bam Bam Bigelow's, and he never came back to Shemokin, sadly, but uh, I'm sure he didn't miss that drive, but yeah, it's, no. it's, it's, it's kind of sad, I mean, he was a big, like, he was one of those guys that even at WWF, you put him against one, two, three, kid. He was going to make one, two, three, kid look really great, even though like he he shouldn't have. But like mm-hmm. he'd give kick kid all these kicks and these comebacks. And his match with Barry Windham is one of my favorite matches of all time from that one Starcade. Doesn't get nearly enough credit. The infamous nuclear splash. I love that finish. <laughs> That's right. And you got to say nuclear, nuclear. You can't say it nuclear. You can't say it the right way. You got to say it like Bill Mercer did, and uh, prove your intelligence. But uh, you know. Uh, he was decent. I mean, it's sad that, that he's gone. I mean, I hear that place up in Hamlin, PA. He had a hoagie mm-hmm. shop. And me, despite my small size, loves hoagies. So I was actually going to make it like a two-hour trek one time to go to this guy's hoagie place. And by the time we got there, it was gone. So I was like, oh, no. Aww. And that's when he relocated to Florida, and everything else must have happened. I kind of lost touch with what Bigelow was doing. But, I mean, Jesus. Imagine poor Shane Douglas, every triple threat guy that's dropped since, you know. And Shane was always the one that we, we thought had most of the problems, too. So. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just crazy. And uh, bad news 
Brown, or Bad News Allen, I should say, who was 63, and yeah. uh, that's like that's like 100 in wrestling Freaking here. Right. You... I know, and he's the one that I do feel bad about. <laughs> I mean, that guy, from what I know, was just clean living guy, you know, had a family. He never did the drugs. Even when he came into WWF, he looked like Bad News Brown, you know, like lethal Larry Cameron, if you remember that guy who was patterned <laughs> after Bad News. Like, he was Bad News on roids, but like, Bad News didn't need that stuff. He was bad no matter what. It just... It's crazy that a guy like him, even after he left WWF, like, that's a guy that probably should have had, like, an agent job. Just for his wisdom on wrestling and life in general, it's just weird some of the agents like Jake that get hired and, you know, they mm-hmm. drop him. But, you know, he is the master of the beer belly sharecropper. And, uh, <laughs> right. He turned on Bret Hart and that was cool. And I remember he fought with Macho Man, and I remember actually a funny story, which I can't believe I'm going to admit to, was when I was a little kid, uh, he was playing with Macho Man, and like he'd be doing the interviews, he'd be like, you know what, Vince McMahon, he's like, uh, Randy Macho Man and Savage, don't give me any title shots, because Elizabeth is giving him favors, and I remember looking over at my dad, like, wow, he's giving her favors, what kind of favors could it be, and my dad's just like, oh god, so then like, <laughs> I thought back on that when Bad News died, that stupid memory, but I was like, god, I mean, he talked about favors in 1987, you know, he was... He was saying stuff that nobody was saying, but uh, I remember he was the triple Florida champ, and like that's I knew him before he came to WWF because he was in all those magazines, and like he was the Southern champ and the Florida State champ and the Bohemian champ, and he had all these belts, man. And I just like, damn, this guy must be good. And then he showed up on WWF, and I'm like, wow, he must have lost all three of them belts real fast. (laughs) He lost one of them to Sir Oliver Hubbarding, which probably shows you how shitty it must be to be leaving a territory in Florida in 1987. I mean, if you look at one guy who should be beating Bad News Allen, Sir Oliver Humperdinck is like 1,057 on my list of people I have a drop to, but oh well. Did you ever see any of his uh, Stampede stuff? I saw the stuff with Brett, just from like <laughs> Brett's DVD, but sadly yeah. I didn't see a lot of it. I'd like to check some of it out for sure, though. It's, he was he was a, a, what was he, a bronze medalist in judo? Yeah, yeah, he had you the like? judo credentials, and that's why Jesus. he really got into it, because I guess... You know, he was really heavy into that Olympic stuff, so sure. they brought him in, and he was very high on uh, Dynamite Kid, which is cool, and they remained friends. One of the few friends he kept from Stampede, because I know he didn't like yeah. the hearts. And yeah. I, I heard him talk about them a lot, and he wasn't bitter. He just had a personal grievance with the way the hearts dealt with people who weren't hearts. It was basically the Von Eric syndrome. Yeah. Uh, bad news, best as I could tell, he wasn't a mark for himself for the biz. No, it was just not a job at all. for him. Not at all. Very, very nice guy. Like he knew a lot of guys like Edge and Christian and Benoit still. So I was shocked they didn't have the uh, the moan of silence for him last night before ECW. Although I guess maybe it just occurred. So maybe they'll have it yeah. for SmackDown. I'd hope they would at least. I would hope they'd have a graph yeah, for him will. at the very least. Although. He's been rather critical, I guess, of his time. Yeah, him and Vince weren't kissing cousins or anything, but I, no, still, they... I still think they'll probably have him on. If they had Road Warrior Hawk on, you know what I mean? Yeah, well... Road Warrior Hawk said that he would piss on Vince's grave, so I don't think... They... <laughs> and they put him on with a big smile on their TV, so I kind of think yeah. that Bad News calling Vince a sharecropper will uh, be forgiven pretty quick, like... <laughs> But, uh, of course, we, we can't forget his match with Steve Reese that I sent you after. right. Steve Reese match is, oh, what a clinic. I mean, God. <laughs> Steve Reese is the worst wimpy ever. <laughs> I wonder what he's up to these days. This is crazy. You want to hear a great story? I'm on sure. one of these message boards, like CZW fans, and you know yep. how big a mark I am for wimpy guys. Well, yep. freaking Bob Cook's son posts on CZW fans. The wow. Bob Cook. 
So I like I'm like flipping out. I'm like, yo man, your dad's the man and he's like, Well my dad lost a lot of matches. I'm like, I don't care. It's freaking Bob Cook, man. He was a great wrestler. I remember I actually found out that one two three kid when he had a WCW tryout wrestled Bob Cook and they just tore it down. And like one two three kid like was like, Wow, I couldn't have had a better guy to have my tryout match with. So of course WCW didn't hire Bob Cook or one two three kid. Now this was back before the Lightning Kid went to WWF too. So they could have like Cherry picked that guy straight from Global and made him a star, but never happened because Thunder and Lightning needed to get hired, as did Ice, Ice Train, I guess. So, <laughs> Ice Train. Yeah. Choo-choo. Unbelievable. Has anyone ever found the, the, the mythic match where apparently Chris Benoit made him cry? Oh, I wish. I wish. For real. I would love to see that. That'd be great. Because I, I guess Ice Train wasn't selling enough for Chris Benoit's... Yeah, well, uh, hey, you know what? You know pleasure. So he's just like, all right, just bet the shit out of him. There Apparently Ice Train started crying. Choo-choo is right. Too bad. Uh, I'll tell you what, I uh, I actually did make my Best of Elegante promo comp. I floated <laughs> this thing around. I mean, people are seeing it now. I'm only a significant few. But uh, this Best of Elegante <laughs> promo comp is the hotness. Everyone needs to see it. I mean, it's basically him saying the same four things over and over again. But, like, the diction of it is just humorous. And... Him and Kevin Sullivan in Sullivan's Saloon. You have him dancing with Mickey Hyatt. <laughs> I like to dance. I mean, it's really good. I mean, I got to give it, like, a high... I mean, maybe people will hit me up on uh, Death Valley with PMs, but, yeah. It's, like, 40 minutes, but it's 40 minutes of hell, and, like, you'll really laugh a lot and maybe cry a lot, too. But, yeah, Aligante's promos were the bomb. You can't, uh, you can't deny Aligante's promos. He was just so bad. Then there's even a special promo where you've got him and Junkyard Dog, and they're trying oh, wow. to out-shit each other on the program. <laughs> El Gante, I'm going to do it, El Gante. And he's like, I like you. And then, like, you know, it's really good. I mean, it's, you can tell there's a true friendship between the two of them. And I don't know how they ever beat Ric Flair and Barry Windham, but hey, man, they must have their own little way of communicating, so it was pretty good. I remember that. That Junkyard Dog against uh, Flair match from uh, Clash. By far the worst Flair match in Yeah, everyone history. says that. It's one of the that Carolina or Florida ones. I remember... I remember that pay- that uh, clash just because Doug Furness wrestled Barry Windham, and it was like the That's best right. like, five-minute match I've ever seen. So, yeah, I remember that. Coastal Crunch, I believe. Coastal Crush. I remember uh, my memory. Doom beat the Steiner Brothers again. That pissed me off when I saw that, because that was when the uh, Steiner Brothers dropped the belts to Doom. I'm like, well, yeah. they'll kick ass and get them back this show. I'm like, what the? Exactly. How the hell is the Steiner? I mean, Soul Brothers Doom, don't get me wrong, good team. But the Steiners at that point, untouchable. They definitely should have had the, the belts, but... That must have been in between bicep tears. Speaking of which, <laughs> we got to go into something new. There's a Jamie Dundee shootout, okay? Yep. I'm begging everybody to get this. It's I'm not an employee of High Spots, but I can tell you I definitely sent them a crap load of questions to ask him because I knew about mm-hmm. it beforehand. So whether they used all mine or they added some is no care to me. All I know is the good people at High Spots sat this crazy person down. And he talked a lot. He talked a lot about a lot of fun things, like stealing Necro Butcher's car, uh, telling stories about how he was yelled at by the Sandman backstage at ECW pay-per-view and retorted simply, I was on WrestleMania, bitch. Uh, oh, I've heard that story. Yeah, he challenged Ken Shamrock to a shoot fight. Hopefully all this <laughs> stuff is, is asked on this, this shoot. I mean, I, I wanted to make sure if they sat that guy down before he went back to jail that they asked all the pertinent <laughs> questions. Did he sell the USWA tag title belt for drug money? Interesting. Did he nearly get killed in Puerto Rico, also known as the Ben Gay incident? I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff that this guy did. I mean, 
in Hamburg, he basically said if he didn't beat Mike Lazansky, he would suck every fan's dick in the entire uh, our rating on the show and the entire audience. And I was there with my little cousin, which was just wonderful. And uh, I'll tell you what, after the match, he did lose, by the way, and the fans actually did the first ever Where's Our BJ's chant, which then he retorted and called everyone a bunch of homos and left the building. I mean, the hallowed halls of Hamburg, the place where Schnooka broke the coconut, had the coconut broken over his head, all these wondrous events happened there, and Jamie Dundee had the BJ deathmatch. I mean, I I didn't see it yet. It's supposedly on the way, so hopefully next time I'll have a wonderful review of this crazy individual. But uh, I want to write his book. If he ever like needs the money really bad, like <laughs> probably I'm done. willing to write the book. I mean, I could call it Whiskey Ben Hell Bounded Batshit Crazy. I mean, I have ideas for this and everything. I mean, Jamie Dundee, and I didn't even know. I forgot he went to WCW. Like, after he left yep. the Nation of Domination, he actually went to WCW for a cup of coffee. And luckily for them, they, that wasn't any of my questions, so they must have caught on to that, and they uh, asked him about all the big stars like DDP and Kimberly and all that other stuff. So, like, honestly, this is probably going to be the greatest shoot interview ever done. And Dick's helped me with this, because God knows he's the genius, and he had a couple really inside things that I didn't even know about. So, wow. we, uh, yeah, we ran the gamut on this one. And I hope that he stays out of trouble... I'm not putting any money on that, but if the guy stays out of jail, at least this has been given to us all. Because I would bug the Smart Mark video people every show I could. I'd be like, dude, Jamie, do the Jamie shoot. And this is dating back to 2003. I've been obsessed with doing this Jamie Dundee shoot. And, like, I guess he was in jail, so they're like, sorry, Rob, maybe next time. <laughs> when, he's behind, when he's, you know, out of bars and all, maybe we'll sit down with him. I'm like, damn it. So I guess he just showed up at high spots. I mean, I'm not... I don't have all the details, but word is him and Bobby Eaton's son just showed up at high spots. And, Can I do a shoot? Hey, okay, man. Can I do a shoot? <laughs> I know, it's crazy. But uh, I guess he did Springer the day after. I mean, if he's really a superstar in more ways than once. So. Wow. I know he does Springer, too. And God bless him. Jamie Dundee. Uh, I remember the PG-13 run in WCW. They, they would team with, like, the Frog on Saturday night in six-man tag. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Whoever the frog was, I don't Yeah, really. I, I was telling a friend earlier that I do remember them having matches with PG... Not PG-13. That is them. But uh, yep. they had matches with Three Count. I swear they did. Like, maybe huh. early 2000, maybe, like, January 2000, you know, when the dog, Al Green, was a, a wrestler. Oh, yeah. In that little time when they kicked Russo out. But I think Russo had them hired. But uh, maybe Jamie will explain more about that. But, like, like I said, I didn't see it yet, but honestly... If you're going to give, like, 20 or 15 bucks up for a shoot interview in the next two years, this would probably be the one to do. I remember they, um, PG-13, were, like, 80-time tag champs in Memphis. And then Freaking there's actually right. a drinking game for, for Memphis. Like, if PG-13 wins the tag titles, take a drink. Yep. It was then, the same with, like, Jerry Lawler in the top title. Oh, yeah. The, and then, uh, uh, what's his name? Justin Credible was actually PG-187, which is the stupidest name in the history of wrestling. <laughs> that really is. Especially for a guy from... What, you know, New England? P- oh, yeah, I'll PG-187. Don't come to my burps. Are you kidding me? Get out of here, man. I mean, I like I like Justin Credible. He's all right, but that's just the stupidest gimmick they could have possibly came on off us. So. Yep. But yeah, did good, you, old, uh, good old Jamie. Did you fill out your uh, best of the 80s uh, ballot for the Death Valley Driver, oh, or did God. you give up on that? All right, they're going to want to beat me up, but no. <laughs> they sent me the stuff like 18 months ago. That's right. It's been like 18 years worth of watching it, because... I'm sorry, but I'm just not really into a lot of the quasi-shoot stuff. I loved Backlund and Takata. I mean, I loved yep. it a lot. It's by far the best match I watched. But, like, everything else is just a, 
a sameness. And I, I'm yeah. not like category. I'm not saying it sucks. It's just my opinion. It's probably like I like high flying a lot, but a lot of people watch high flying and they just see flip after flip and they think it's all the same. This is my. I'm not conditioned to this stuff. I thought I could be, but like just watching Takata and Fujiwara and Maeda and all that other stuff. I mean, granted, they're awesome. I just. I just see it as all the same. Like, another thing that's wrong with it is it's not all in order. It's like, it's not chronological. So, like, mm. I'll watch one match and they could try something, but I won't, won't know it was teasing another match, so I won't understand the significance of why people are flipping out. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm definitely going to try to watch it. Death Valley Driver people, remember, I'm going to watch it, Link. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just didn't do it yet, and maybe, when does it do? Do you know? Uh, March 10th, I think, was the, the okay, deadline. Well, so you better start watching right that's now. That's terrifying to recognize. Okay, well, then I guess I'm going to have to start watching with a quickness. But uh, I'm going to put Julio Barrera's match number three, because I watched that one, too, and I like Julio Barrera. I think he has a different name on that match, though, but it's one of these uh, quasi-shoot group things that he did, and it's decent. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, this stuff's it's it's not my, my can of Coke. It's good in small doses, but 24 hours of it gets to be yeah. a bit much after a while. I watched it. I did dutifully fill in my ballot, but... Yeah, they had a 10-room yeah. match with Choshu. That was decent because they were both really <laughs> in their prime, and they were really fast. It was a very fast-paced match. So it was more toward geared toward what I kind of like to watch in wrestling. So it was, that was a good match. But everything else, eh, not so much. Hey, we should yeah. talk about Mike Awesome, too. I'd hate to talk about yeah, two of the dead people and not Mike Awesome. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we gotta, we got to make the trifecta here. See, Mike Awesome, I used to have a radio show of my own back in 99-2000, uh, and... If I had those tapes, I would burn them all because it was a university <laughs> radio show, and like I was like the biggest Mike Awesome freak. I just I must have liked him like killing people, throwing them through tables, which was not much to like. But like I remember, it, like I would do these radio shows, and I'd be like, people would call me like, "Well, how about Bret Hart, Rob?" I'd be like, "Bret Hart sucks. He's nowhere near <laughs> the, ca- <laughs> the capable competitor Mike Awesome is." You know, hang up on that guy. You know. And, I was really into Sabu, RVD, and Mike Awesome at the time, and I'm not ashamed to admit it, but uh, they were all really good, and then they did that, they were going to do a three-way match, or they were going to do a tag match with Tanaka, and just never happened, and then it broke my heart, because Mike Awesome, I thought he was really, uh, him and Tanaka obviously was great, him and Kanemura was obviously great, him and New Jack was obviously shit, uh, but everything else, him and Spike was good, he just, I even have some other thing, I love how I'm just, Bearing my soul here, but I have another very embarrassing letter that I wrote to Dave Meltzer and like one of the '95 observers, or some guy that ran Wrestling's Main Event Magazine. Sandy Krebs was the guy's name. He uh, he wrote in. He's like, I think wrestling's going down in 1995, Dave. <laughs> There's just no talent anymore. It's all gone. It's gone, man. So I was like very angry at this statement. So I then decided to write into Dave Meltzer with my expertise and uh. I was like, nah, Dave, ECW is cool, and I think that the top stars in the world are coming soon to WWF, and they're the headhunters and Big Titan and the Gladiator, and, you know, it's so stupid now, given that Big Titan flaked out and sucked his fake razor, and the headhunters ate each other, and Mike became 900 pounds, and, and they couldn't run the ropes in the WWF, and of course, Mike Awesome became a fat chick thriller, and... It was all just a real mess. I really re- want to recant that letter right now if anyone happens to read it anytime soon. But, uh, I have to track that down and uh, read it on the air. Uh, <laughs> the, 
the next show. <laughs> yeah, you need to. Then I could jump out my window. But uh, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I at the time they were like very like the athletic big wrestlers weren't really in vogue then. I mean, Sid Vicious was big and he was cool, and Danny Spivey was good, and Undertaker had some athleticism. But freaking Big Titan was doing like top rope ranas and acai moonsaults and shit, and Gladiator was doing topes over the top and killing J.T. Smith and. The Headhunters, I still to this day think they were the biggest missed boat in the history of pro wrestling. Jesus, when I saw one of them fat mofos do a moonsault, it was just freaking crazy. They even did an acai moonsault in Japan once. Jesus. Who the hell wants to catch that? That's just ridiculous. If I saw Abdul the Bush doing an acai moonsault <laughs> and I was in the front row, I'd be out of that building faster than if it was, there was a fire, man. It's nuts. <laughs> I think uh, Headhunter A, I saw him in some Lucha results in AAA. Oh, yeah, and I think, yeah. Uh, Recently. I think big, yeah, Big Titans. I think he's running a – he works at the front desk of a gym in, I think, Calgary. I read that in, I think today's figure four. God, weekly. you're a guru of information. That's all. I'm making yeah. a trip to Calgary. That's fantastic. Good I don't know where, where a B is these days, Headhunter B, but My friend, probably near A. I have a friend that lives in Florida, and he does commentating for some kind of – third-rate basketball league or something, and he continually annoys me by calling my house and be like, yo, Bob, guess who I just saw today? I'm like, I don't know who. He's like, Tomko's wife. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, out of left field, you know, and I'm like, Tomko's wife. He goes, yeah, man, she's got big cans. I'm like, Jesus. I go, have, <laughs> have some goose. He goes, yeah, her little son's out there bouncing a basketball. I go, oh, my God, even sleazier. I said, would you just leave the woman alone? I like, want to ask her about Tomko. I go, why? <laughs> why, dude? I'm like, who cares? Leave the woman alone and her child. Jeez. Can you imagine having Tomko for your dad? What a co- in a word, God. no. I, I don't even know, man. That's crazy. I was trying to tell him that Tomko was in Japan doing shooting star presses, and he couldn't believe me. But he was, what? He was. He I did a shooting that. star press in that Kurt Angle match. I was stunned. I, was like, I, I didn't think it was physically possible. But yeah, so he saw him. Tomko's wife. He ran into Tony Schiavone like three weeks ago, too, so Florida is like a place to go if you want to see a wrestling star or their families, I guess. Cause I, I ribbed my friend because my friend is at times uber annoying, so like, he's like, dude, Schiavone's two rows ahead of me at this minor league baseball game. Should I go up to him? I'm like, yeah. Dude. I go, he really still loves wrestling. Please go up to him and bug him about wrestling in the old days of WCW. <laughs> So he went up to him and Tony hates wrestling, so he just ripped my friend a new a-hole and was yelling at him. <laughs> it's great. I said, make sure you... He's like, oh, I don't know, he didn't really seem like you wanted to talk to me. I go, dude, you gotta go back and go back and talk to him some more. So my friend finally got the hit and stopped, you know, bugging him. That's great. Tony Schiavone, the anti-wrestling guy. Oh, and the funny thing, I told him to ask about Bobby Heenan, too, since I knew how that would go over. So, yeah, don't go up to Tony Schiavone if you see him at minor league baseball in Florida, folks. Yeah. Did you have, uh, did you have, uh, have you gotten 24-7 yet? Oh, my God, no. I really, oh, really, wow. I've seen some of those roundtable discussions, and it's like the greatest thing ever, but I yeah. have not, but my crappy area of uh, America does not get 24-7 availability. Yeah. In in my my uh, neck of the woods, I, I get, uh, my cable company has wrestlers leave messages for me and tell me to order papers. And like, Ken Kennedy... Calls me, tells me to order the rumble, and uh, Ashley calls my house and tells me to uh, get no way out. Best of all was uh, December to December. You know who called? <laughs> Jeff from Charter Communications. Oh, hey now. Didn't have just some guy. He said, "Yeah, order uh, December to December." I'm like, you couldn't get Bobby Lashley or anyone else exactly. to do this. Exactly. The hell was that? Jeff from Comcast Communications. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to f off when he called. <laughs> 
Don't no, they just leave a message so you can. Oh, uh, well, you know what? If it was live, it'd be even better. I'm telling you. No, but Lashley, if Lashley called my house, I'd hang up immediately. <laughs> Here's my Lashley impression. I do these impressions, right? Here's Lashley. I'd like to see who's going to be the mother. Shut up. God, he sucks. I mean, I'm not even going to lie. The, the pool part was cool. The dive cage was cool. They're making it work. But, oh, my God. If he actually spills over after WrestleMania, then I will... I will totally admit to being completely false because maybe it'll work. I mean, it, they're doing a good job so far. They're gonna they're gonna get him over for Mania at least. But will it last afterwards? I don't know. But oh my god, he's horrible on the microphone. I like him when he was silent Lashley. You know, why do they have to why, make him talk I, and whatnot? I still don't know why he's not Blaster Lashley. Why is Bobby a better name than Blaster? Exactly, Bobby. What the hell? Bobby's a a, a freaking. No, you're, I'm going to diss all the Bobbies here, but since my name is Bobby, too, I can do this. Oh, yeah. But, but come on. Bobby's not a tough name. Please. Now, I know, I'm sure next next time someone hears this, they're naming names off the top of their head of Bobbies that are tough. But come on. Well, Bobby just sounds like, like Tommy. Tommy's not a real tough name either, I don't think. No. Anything with a Y on it sounds more like someone who should be starring on Life Goes On than like being in that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Gee, I'm not like boy. casting out the uh, offenses tonight, but yeah, I know. I don't well, know. I just Bobby, Tommy, Jimmy. No, that's oh. if you're a badass, your name should be like Bob Lashley, or I don't even know. But they they, sh- they should have not only kept him in developmental a lot longer, but they should have come up with something better creative. I mean, look what they did with that I love Double E guy. Come on, man, he's already gone. <laughs> they brought him up and they threw him out. I'm not saying I'm Wait, looking forward to him, but it's just, you know. Oh, that guy, oh, the Russian guy, that's right. Yeah, they, I love Double He realized he sucks. He's gone. <laughs> he was here and gone. I heard. I read that like, they told him to go back where he came from. <laughs> <laughs> and no, not Moscow, but like developmental. It's ridiculous. I don't understand. And there should be more foresight on this kind of stuff. The the story I hear from this is that um, they're ready to bring it up, and then someone at an agent's meeting said, gee, this guy's not very good. And then everyone's kind of like, yeah, because they were all just playing yes men to Vince while he was, uh, well, he, I guess he broached the idea of bringing this guy up. And everyone's like, yeah, great idea. But then someone's like, well, this guy kind of blows and maybe he should be on TV. <laughs> yeah. By double, double E. Jeez. <laughs> I can't believe that. I mean, I was arguing about this on one with someone about how when they brought in Nikita Koloff, right? Same premise. Yep. Big badass Russian guy. He was in his basement. He was locked in Uncle Ivan's basement. He was doing sit-ups with, like, 15-pound weights behind his head. He had these maniacal faces. He was the Red Menace. He was going to kill people like the guy in Rocky Four was going to kill Rocky. It was a great idea. So when he came in, everyone was scared as hell of him. This guy's immediately an oaf. It's like Matt Morgan with the stuttering gimmick. He's intimidating look, and if I saw him in like a line of Burger King, I wouldn't push ahead of him, but Jesus, if he's just like, I like you a lot, you know, get out of my way, dude. I'm going to find a way to get in front of you in line. He's just not intimidating, and I'm easily intimidated, so I shouldn't be saying these things, but my God. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're going to take it like where he goes crazy or something, but I, from what they were doing, I don't understand how you're getting a guy over that's this monstrous as, like, a, a comedy guy. I mean, they've done uh, that before, but Kamala was funny as a comedy guy, but I don't think if you're debuting <laughs> someone new, that's one strike against them, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I've kind of been my own uh, 24-7. I've been acquiring old Coliseum tapes, and I, I got the old British Bulldogs one, which uh, made me very happy. And the people who put these together, like, all right, they'll 
they'll show like Brett versus Dynamite, and I'm like, oh, that's great. And then then they'll show Davy Boy losing to to Anvil Nightheart <laughs> singles match, and I'm like, why are you putting matches they lose on here? Yeah, if you buy a tape a weird. about the British Bulldogs, chances are you're a fan of them. You don't want to see them lose, and you don't want to see them losing shitty matches to the Anvil. Yeah, is that the one that? So you're saying that's like the official Coliseum Home Video one? Yep, that's There's right. The match of the Moon Dogs. If I recall correctly. Yes, there is. There's a match a very of Bunny fine and Stud, match. which is fun for little was, guys against fat guys. I don't know. It went like five minutes and ended in a DQ, and it's like, what? <laughs> they Bad, they did but, a match uh, with yeah. uh, Pete the Duke of Dorchester, Doherty, and Paul Christie, which is so sad that I remember that it's the exact squash, but it was <laughs> wow. really good. Because it was when they debuted the I'm going to get you in an airplane spin, and then Dan- Dynamite's going to jump off one dude's back and headbutt some other dude. But, like, to this day, it's, like, my favorite squash that ever happened. And the only reference I'll ever make to Paul Christie. Because the Duke of Dorchester, he had a little bit more redeemable qualities here and there. But He was memorable. I remember reading in the results in, like, a show at the, the old Boston Garden. I remember he beat Haku on a match. Yeah, yeah. He was, he, to many people, he was a poor man's Rene Goulet. But I like <laughs> to call him a better man's Doug Summers myself. But you go. That's, uh, that's just my two cents on him. I mean, I, re- I remember renting a Coliseum tape. And it's just like, you know, super matches or something. And the heels won every match on the tape. I'm like, who, who puts this together? Like, like, like the Bolsheviks beat the British Bulldogs. Like, no way. God, you know what? I just, I, I kind of am in pain when I even think about the Bolsheviks. And this isn't so smarky. I, don't like, I didn't like them when I didn't know wrestling was, you know, fake. I just, I always just look at Nikolai, and he just seems so clumsy. It's weird, because when Nikolai was with Iron Sheik, I thought he was bad. When he was at Boris Zukov, it was like, eh, these guys aren't really that good. And I never liked Boris Zukov. When he attacked Sergeant Slaughter and headbutted him into oblivion, that was kind of cool. But aside from that, oh my God, he kind of sucked. And, yeah, they weren't, and, they, uh, they weren't that and good. And remember when they turned? Like, Nikolai turned like Nikita did with, like, one-eighth of the effectiveness. And, like, <laughs> he did that stupid boomerang clothesline in the back, which, in, in, like... <laughs> If you think about it, it's kind of a cool move. I mean, if Outback Jack did it, it was probably cool. But, like, yeah. when he'd do it, he'd, like, hit you in your lower back, so it was completely stupid. Because <laughs> even if someone like Nikolai Volkov hits me very softly in my lower back with a clothesline, I'm probably not going to fall face first. So, yeah, he sucked. And Zukov sucked toward the end, too. That was their, uh, their it was the hammer and sickle. That was, I think that was their tag finisher. One guy would throw oh, the other guy face first. That's right. That was actually cool. I'm actually marking out now. Okay, that's a good recollection. Yeah, he hit him, and then he hit this. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, you've actually just turned me around on this move I was just making fun of. Cause <laughs> that was good. awesome. Yeah, okay. Shit, someone needs to make a best of Bolsheviks comp. That's pretty decent. Just wimpy matches, though. Nothing. Yeah, weird. nothing. I saw another match of them uh, with Demolition, and this was after uh, Demolition broke up with Mr. Fuji. And then, I guess this was to show Demolition was good because they didn't. They just kicked the shit out of him for like <laughs> ten minutes. They didn't even do like a you know the face in peril. Yeah, like you, maybe for a second, like Nikolai punched Smash or something, and then they just kicked their ass some more and then won. Yeah, that was one. Like I referenced on another show of yours, where uh, you knew it was kind of going downhill for WWF talent when they're teaming up with like Barry O or something. And like I remember <laughs> Boris right. Zukov when I knew it was all over for him right before the Survivor Series. It's like oh he's in this big you know national war with. Lithuanian's own Nikolai Volkov, and like yeah. all of a sudden he's in a tag team match with Super Bad Bob Bradley <laughs> against like Tito Santana and like somebody else. I'm just like, whoa, how the mighty have fallen. I actually have another. I have an example of that because I remember uh, Dangerous Danny Davis, who um, infuriated me when yeah, I when he first Sam turned, and then 
Yeah, then he just like then he's teaming with um oh who was it? Um oh, I can't remember. Just some Some scrub and you're just like Yeah, some scrub hell? against like uh the Blue Blazer and Coco Beware on yep. the uh, And then happened to Coco too, page. dude. Coco, Coco oh, yeah. it's funny because I was gonna just gonna say that you don't come back from teaming with like Paul and Christie, but you kind of do because Coco Beware like one time he was just like teaming up with like Jerry Allen or somebody, and then like the next week he was with Owen Hart in a new tag team. Like he's Coco had a lot of lives. I don't know. Okay. I know like <clears throat> cats have nine lives. I don't know how many birds have, but Coco he came back quite a few times for WWF. So good for him, I guess. You know, speaking of of, of Coco, I got a um. The other tape I got was Fanfare, it's 1989. Okay. And the, the concept of this is that the fans pick the matches. Oh, wow. Now, you know this is bullshit, because back <laughs> then, if, if you or I, like, I, you know, I, I would have made, like, Hogan Warrior, or uh, I would have had Ted DiBiase fight Mr. Perfect, you know, just... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, random shit you would never see, exactly. like, this person wants, uh, you know, Tito Santana against Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, that's fine, but the first the first match they picked, it was... Coco Beware versus the Brooklyn Brawler. Okay, yeah, that's BS, and man. They actually showed someone picking this. This guy's like, yeah, I want this match. And his friend's like, that would be awesome. I wonder what, nie- I wonder what niece or nephew of Vince that was. <laughs> I mean, did you like Coco so much you wanted a match and knew he would win? Yeah. That's- and, and then, best of all, the Brooklyn Brawler cut a promo. Oh, boy. And through the magic of technology, I'm going to play that promo right now for you. Oh, yes. All right. You want to see it? You really want to see it? The toughest street fighter alive, the Brooklyn Brawler, face that bird-brain fool, Coco Beware. Well, you better beware, Coco, because the Brooklyn Brawler's coming down all over you. What are you going to do when the sidewalk smash smashes down on you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait a minute, dude. Dude, did he just say you better... Beware, Coco, because the brawl is coming all on you. Oh, that's like sick. I've heard about the Patterson rumors myself, but come on, WWF. What, Unbelievable. What was the sidewalk smash? Did he have a finishing move? He freaking ain't didn't. He's making up stuff. <laughs> they probably just told him to say something intimidating. And the idiot just like freaked out and just said something to the sidewalk smash. He ripped off all like, what you gonna do? Like That must have been a rip. Yeah, I mean, seriously. I remember the, he actually did have another promo I remember where he's like, I'm gonna... Bite your eye, you, 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 I'm gonna pull your eye out. And like the same annoying accent, but like, like he just did it so over the top. Like I actually, in hindsight, might like the Brooklyn Brawler now. I mean, just I used to hate him when he was around. I liked Lombardi more than the Brawler yeah. myself. But you know, I oh another thing. Remember when Bad News turned on him? Do you remember that? No, I don't. Oh, get this. So the Brawler actually was getting a push, so to speak. So. Bad News was kind of on his way out, so, of course, they team him with the Brawler, and they wrestled the Bushwhackers. And, like, they wouldn't shake hands, but they are trying to do this whole New York, New York, Brooklyn thing, <laughs> and, like, it just was not working out. So, like, the Brawler got, like, he got pinned by, like, Cousin Luke or something, and after the match, Brawler's like, we still okay, right? Yeah, yeah, and, like, ghetto blaster immediately, and he just threw him out like a pile of trash, and that was pretty much it. And then, like, I think Bad News was gone shortly thereafter. Yeah, that, that yeah. must have been. Uh, I think I kind of do remember that because he was gone after yeah. uh, 1990, right after the match with yep. Jake at SummerSlam. Yeah, I, never saw I remember. Him. It was right around there, dude. And oh. I just remember laughing because I just didn't like the Brooklyn Brawler, and I was glad that he got ghetto blasted. Oh boy, do you have uh, anything else we should discuss? Hmm, not really. If I had to, if I had to plug something, yeah, sure. And again, I have nothing to do with this at all, but I'll plug it anyway just for the betterment of wrestling fans. Uh, recently got some PWG DVDs, 
and they did this thing called All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. And basically, I went into it not really expecting all that much, but holy crap, was this good. Basically, uh, they had a lot of indie stars that you wouldn't expect to be on most other indie shows, but then they had their own talent, too. And basically, they had Pockin from the UK, and Pockin's this crazy, high-flying dude that makes, like, Mystico and Jack Evans look like they're lead-footed, and he just comes up with all kinds of crazy flying stuff. He does, like, a... He does a moonsault into a stand, like a standing moonsault into a senton, which is just freaking crazy. And I couldn't believe I saw it. Wow. And him and Generico have a really good match. Him and AJ Styles have they have like an M match, but the best thing on the whole thing was Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin have finally just completely gelled as a tag team. They have the same matching outfits. It's kind of like a Hollywood Blondes, Art and Eddie, Heavenly Bodies, Kai Tai DX, Rockers type thing they got going with like lots of cool double teams, like do double hip lock and the double Ted DiBiase fist drops, double kip up, double kick to the chest and back at the same time. Like lots of really cool stuff that you don't see too much anymore. And like they wrestled Jimmy Jacobs and Tyler Black, who is a big jazz fan again. <laughs> and uh it's a really good match and they just tear it down. I mean, honestly, I the why more people aren't talking about this particular tag team match. Because it really is everything tag team matches are about. There's not like overkill on stuff, but a lot of good combinations and just crossed up stuff that you used to see in Memphis, which everyone loves, and uh, it's just good stuff. I mean, I I am not even the biggest Chris Saban fan that you'll find, but uh, him in this role with Shelley as a couple bad guy tag team wrestlers really works. So I definitely, if you want to get some DVDs, Final Battle from ROH, the New York show in particular is really fun and. If you're not into ROH, definitely get TWG's All-Star Weekend, Night 1 or 2. Night 1 has the uh, tag team match I just talked about, and Night 2 has Pac versus Generico, and it's all good things, and you'll mark out if you're any kind of wrestling fan. Now, uh, Saban and uh, Shelly, they're like junior tag champs in 0-1, right? Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen any of that, but you're absolutely right, and I'd like to see some more of that stuff. So, I think... anyone have some comps, plug them. Oh, no, that was... I was thinking of Spanky and uh, Alex Shelly. I, I no, no, I think they were too. Yeah, they were too because I think they beat uh, Saban and Shelley beat uh, Hidaka and uh, Minoru Fujita, I believe yep. the guy's name is. Yeah, so. I think no, I think Spanky and Shelley lost to Hidaka and Fujita. It was like a decision. Yeah, match. yeah, I, it was something like that. It's and like a year later, <clears throat> I think the two uh, Shelley and Saban won them back, and I guess they have a team named the Motor City Machine Guns. So. But they do all kinds of stuff that's pretty cool and innovative. So, And another thing I'll plug while I can is uh, any fans of Nakajima from Japan uh, making a comp. It's about about 33 matches worth. It has them against Liger, Ultimo, Nagata, uh, Tanru, Kensuke, Kojima, Shibata, Sekimoto, Ogawa, Tawe, everybody, Hayashi. It just, it's unbelievable. It's about... 32 or 33 matches. Kawada's in there from 2004 to about 2007, most recently when he lost to... Oh, I don't want to spoil who he lost to, but to his most recent match, and uh, you'll want to check it out. I'm going to probably make about five or six DVDs out of it. Wow. And I think there's some interest in this, because I kind of gauged it on one of the boards, and I've since had a, a gigantic comp made that I don't even want to get into, but a good person did it. So oh. I'm going to try to make some dubs, and anyone that wants some... Check on Death Valley. Maybe around April, I'll I'll try to uh, make it a little bit later because I still have not got it yet. But it's going to be really good. And if you're into a, the progression of a young wrestler into a really good wrestler, wrestling a bunch of older wrestlers like Funk and Abby, Mill Maskris, it's a who's who on this thing. So 
even if you don't like Nakajima or Japanese wrestling, it's just a must-see to see all these superstars beating up a young wrestler. So I think if you've never seen Japanese wrestling, you'll still like and appreciate this. I have a feeling, from what I've seen, of uh, Nakajima. All right. Um, is there a new uh, Death Valley Driver coming out anytime soon? There might be, but I might not have anything written for oh. it. So you have some, uh, you have some uh, '80s uh, UWF to watch, young man. So. Oh yeah, no doubt, definitely. <laughs> right. Well, I just went on Death Valley Driver, and some guy wrote up, "Is it a sacrilege not to like the Briscoe Brothers?" <laughs> First of all, the Briscoe Brothers are decent, and they uh, didn't have a good match at the Pitbulls, which this guy's yelling about. But yeah. if you think about it. They're putting together some good matches, man. That's I right. mean, I know a lot of people aren't into a high spot, high spot, high spot. But to me, if you're putting a match together leading to one killer finish and you can just have the people going nuts for near fall after near fall after near fall, go ahead and do it. That's You're working towards a thousand people that are going nuts and not like the 15 people online going, oh, well, gee, there's a lack of arm psychology in that one. <laughs> Seriously, that's like, I mean, I don't really go off too much, but that's a pet peeve of mine. I think people should just chill out, watch wrestling, and kind of uh, take it as it goes live. And if people are into it, get into it. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't know. A little rant from me. All right. Rare, but, you know, no, that's, unreal. There are places I need to end the show. I want to thank you for being here. Yeah, there you always. go. Ended on a bad note. <laughs> always always a, a blast having you on. We'll, we'll get you on in the very near future uh, to cool, discuss man. whatever else is going on. I encourage everyone it's to go. It's always fun. I hope by the next time I come on, like, three people don't die and all. Well, yeah, so. well, we'll have to have you on tomorrow for that to happen. <laughs> Good point. I encourage everyone to visit uh, DeathValleyDriver.com. You can read uh, Rob's missives and Death Valley Driver video reviews. Also, see him on the message board. You can interact with him. You can also visit TheCubsFan.com or JoeVersusTheWorld.com for an archive of all previous shows, including all of Rob's, uh, I think, two prior solo appearances in the Ring of Honor I believe year in your review, uh, final battle reviews from uh, December with Matt Foy, which was a very fun show. They're all great. I uh, recommend you listen to them all. Rob, do you have any final words for our listeners? Absolutely not. Just keep watching wrestling. Even if it sucks, watch some old tapes. Yeah, it's all good. There's something out and, there uh, you'll like. Keep don't don't yeah, give up. Yeah, if you're in any kind of uh, bad conditioned area where like ice is on roads, drive real slow or get behind a salt truck. That's, That's right. Really good advice. <laughs> all right, I thank everyone for listening, and I'll be back very soon.